Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to The Better Buy, a new podcast from Better Homes and Gardens. I'm your host, Melanie Berlier. Each week, we'll talk to experts about the highs and lows of home ownership and share stories, advice, and practical tips you can actually put to work in your own space. In this episode, I'm speaking with David and Stephen St. Russell, also known as the Renovation Husbands. Currently, the duo is renovating their 1893 New England Victorian home with an eye towards preserving its history. And they're documenting their room-by-room DIY journey for their hundreds of thousands of fans. Well, thank you so much for joining me. We're very excited to be speaking to you both today. Can you introduce yourselves first to our listeners? Sure. I'm David St. Russell. And I'm Stephen St. Russell. And we are the uh, Renovation Husbands. Well, we would love to start by just talking about your first home purchase as a couple. Can you tell me about that process? Yeah, we were actually, we moved in together in 2012 in Fenway, Boston. Our rent was going up, so I was like, we could afford a mortgage. And we ended up moving quite far out of the city. We moved south about 45 minutes to the town of Walpole and bought a 1912 Fixer Upper. Four square. Yeah. And how long did you live there? We lived there for about two and a half years, although at the time it felt a lot longer. And through that time, just started renovating it and sold it and moved back to the city. Yeah, we didn't really have any solid skills yet. So we were cautious to buy something that needed to be fixed, but technically worked fine as is. Yeah. That makes sense. So you're not renovators by trade. You're more of renovators who have learned by doing? We definitely learned our skills by doing. I'm an architectural designer by trade. So that helps, but not with the hard skills. Yeah, and when let's just be clear. When we bought that house, you were still like I was in a school. sophomore. <laughs> yeah, we were very young. And your most recent home is an 1893 Victorian. Can you tell me about the process of purchasing your third home versus your first home? Yeah, it's a little bit different. We took a break from renovating. We're living in, again, in the city of Boston, just to spend some time with, you know, in the city and hang out with friends. Mm -hmm. And we drove by this home, kind of by mistake. On our way to lunch. On our way to lunch with some friends. And then one of our friends pulled it up while out and was like, it's for sale. You guys should do this. And now here we are. Yeah, the next week and a half, we were closing on it. Wow. And Boston is such an historic city. Do you know who originally built the home? Is there an interesting history to the house? Is it haunted? I, uh, <laughs> the haunted part, we wish. We've always kind of assumed it would be, and, and it's never come to fruition. But we don't know who the designer was, although a lot of houses around here do know. But we know uh, the original deed was Emma Thayer. We've always thought it was interesting that it was a woman's name on the original deed and kind of love that. But 
our entire neighborhood is part of Boston's streetcar suburb. So as the train kind of moved out, the houses were built along it. So if you hear the train go by, that's why. But <laughs> yeah, if you if you like look through our neighborhood, the entire place was built in the same 10 year period, probably. Yeah. So every home is, I think, by the same architect. The same developer, probably. Yeah, same developer. <laughs> It is really interesting that there was a female um, homeowner in the late 19th century that had to yeah. be rare, right? Yeah, exactly. And you look on the atlases of that year and they're all men's names and then ours is Emma, which we assume Emma can, can be, be either, I suppose. But um, from what, our research, what we have, it seems like it was a young woman. And while it may not be haunted now, you two can always haunt it 100 years from now. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> So now that you're pretty practiced as home buyers and home owners, do you have any house hunting deal breakers? We want the like worst house in the best area we can find. That's mm -hmm. the combo for us, which I know is not always the norm. Because we're always going to want to look for something that's below market value anyway, just mm -hmm. because we want to put the equity into it. So that's usually it. We're usually like set by a certain year when we're looking just to know that at least it's an older house that might need some work. But if we see like new development or anything, or even new renovations, we're kind of flipping past. Never stop in there. Not for us. Fixer uppers only. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like it. So you recently won the annual Preservation Achievement Award from the Boston Preservation Alliance. Can you tell us about the importance of preserving a home's original characteristics and how you go about balancing the desire to update and modernize a space while preserving its original qualities? Yeah, I think, first of all, we were kind of astonished that we were even eligible for such an award. To give a little background, the house when we bought it was completely gutted. Someone had purchased it and started a renovation, gutted the entire thing, and then for whatever reason had to leave it. So when we found it, we were like, this is an awesome opportunity. We were the right type of people to want to buy a house like this. Not a lot of the original details were preserved. A lot of the original molding was ripped out, except for some stuff that was left in the basement. So when we add stuff back, we're considering character. We want to be putting character back into the house. We're not completely replicating what was originally there. So we were left with this opportunity to kind of play with that balance like you're talking about. And I think for people who see the project now, it's like, oh, they knew what they were doing and like, oh, it all came together. But to be honest, in the beginning, we were like extremely anxious about what to do. You know, we moved into this house, we had walls put up basically, we had zero trim, and we had a lot of decisions to make. A decision we make now will have a huge impact going forward on the entire feel of this home. So we did spend a lot of time kind of looking through the details and made some mistakes along the way. But in all, back to the award, yeah. <laughs> winning the award was amazing. It's usually reserved for bigger projects, really large scale renovations of big buildings in the city. So to be a homeowner winning it was a huge honor. It was very cool. You mentioned making a few mistakes along the way, and I think that will really resonate with a lot of people who have been through the process of renovating at any scale. Can you tell me what the biggest mistake is that you made? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. So I think the biggest mistake, and it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. We were moving into this completely gutted house. We had to make a lot of design decisions right away, and we needed to create certain spaces right away, like kitchens and bathrooms. We were living in this contemporary loft at the time, and I had this idea of designing a contemporary kitchen into this Victorian home. And it was the first project we did, and 
we were also learning that skill set at the same time. But we put an IKEA kitchen in this house, is what he's trying to say. Yeah, very <laughs> flat slab, very contemporary. It was this balancing act of like, how could we do a modern Victorian? That sounded like a really fun, cool idea. And we put this kitchen in, and we actually really liked it until we started doing the rest of the home. You know, we do the parlor project, probably that was the one that had the biggest impact on our decision about the kitchen. Mm -hmm. It really changed the feel. And all of a sudden that room was just completely out of place and not to the quality that our skill set had become because we had been growing, I mean, we're five years in and really our expectations of each other and ourselves have been evolving and changing. So now when we look at that project that's five years old, we're like, how are we going to salvage this? We're uh, in the middle of a kitchen renovation Yeah, we're doing now, it now. It's which is uh, somewhat backdating the kitchen. Not, It's still right. going to be a very modern day kitchen, I should say, in terms of the amenities and what you expect in the kitchen. But using materials that you would find in a traditional home, painted cabinetry, wood furniture, Carrera marble, all that fun stuff. So the lesson learned being to think about the home holistically before you dive into... Yeah, I think if you have the opportunity to kind of master plan, do that. Ours was such a rush in the beginning, and we knew we needed those spaces you need to use every day that it was a lesson learned. We love the kitchen standalone, but not with the rest of the house. And where do you each look for inspiration? That's a good question. I think we look everywhere. Is that an answer? We're part of this like Instagram community, obviously. We pull a lot from Instagram. It's just an ability to see really talented people from all over the place doing what they do best. So you see the best kind of tile people, you see the best kitchen people, and you can pull very cool things from those. And I think on the opposite side of that, I mean, you can find inspiration wherever you want on the internet between Instagram and Pinterest. I think sometimes we try to step back and look at the houses around us. Because all these houses were built out around the same time, you're able to say, oh, the paneling we want to do in the dining room, our neighbor has something very similar. Let's kind of try and replicate that, but take our own spin on it. So it's kind of a balance of both. And that's how we, I think we end up balancing our traditional versus contemporary. That is a good point. Cause I think sometimes when you're on a platform like Instagram, it's really easy to go through a lot of ideas. Like you're like, oh, I love the look of this. And I love the look of this. And then you just, you have like 30 Pinterest boards and you have nothing cohesive. But if you just look in your own backyard, there's like really beautiful things that make more sense probably to your home that you can draw inspiration from. Do you ever disagree on your vision for a space? And if so, how do you reconcile those different visions? Yes and no. I think because we now have learned to really plan out a space ahead of time, and I have the tools that, in my skill set in order to visualize those designs, we work out a lot of design details beforehand, which is very, very nice. And at the same time, we've now been renovating homes together for over 10 years. So we literally kind of grew into our style together and grew into things we like and dislike. Yeah, I think our styles have pretty much melded. So we're on the same page about most things. Any disagreements come from like, oh, I think it should be a little higher, right? It should be a little lower. The details. The yeah. small details. And then Steven just ends up winning those usually. So. <laughs> <laughs> so in the process of renovating this house, have you found anything awesomely old or historical, like, I don't know, in the walls or in the attic? Anything noteworthy? No. We didn't have any walls. So one of the oh, things right. that happened was the, the house was gutted. So we literally had nothing. I think what did surprise us is 
The entryway is the only part of the home that wasn't gutted. The woodwork, the staircase, the fireplace was all intact. But when we had viewed the house initially, the fireplace was covered up. So we didn't know what was there. And when we removed it, it was all the original tile and it was all in really good condition, which you don't always see in a house of this age where you see a lot of like broken tile or pieces missing. So the fact that the entry is intact is kind of like the crown jewel of the home. And it was also when the rest of the house was completely gutted, walking in and seeing that was like, oh, there's big potential here. Like this, we can make something. Yeah, that's true. We'll be back with more from the renovation husbands after the break. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome back to The Better Buy, a podcast from Better Homes and Gardens. What are some of your favorite money-saving home tips? This is, a, I think, a misconception that places like lumber yards are scary and expensive, um, but their quality is so much better. They're always super nice, and it's more affordable. So, you know, a lot of times when you're looking for things like trim profiles, or you want to add a detail to the wall. In our experience, everyone's been very nice to um, like non-commercial, like residential buyers. The quality is much better and it's usually less expensive. So um, we always encourage people to go kind of that route, get some trim profiles. They'll have lots of samples, make a day trip out, make it a date. Yeah. Don't default to the big box retailers necessarily. I love that tip. Is there anything in the process of renovating a home that is always worth splurging on? I would say uh, fixtures between lighting and faucet and plumbing fixtures. Those are the things that are really going to shine around whatever else you're designing. And they feel different when you use them. So something that's a higher quality is just going to last longer. And the experience is often better. So, you know, find out what's in your budget. And, you know, there's kind of a range for everybody there. And how do you decide when customization is necessary? I believe you recently tackled some custom shades in your primary bedroom. At least I recently saw them on your Instagram. (laughs) And I'd love to know when you make that choice to go custom. That's right. We had never actually considered custom until, you know, that project, our suite project was the first time that I can think of that we really went a custom route and it made a huge impact. So when you have a space, I don't think everything needs to be custom, but you know, if you're looking for that little bit of extra, going and finding like a really nice fabric or your example was the window treatments. And I think it really elevates the room a lot and was worth the time and money. It was a lot easier than I thought it would be. And it puts something into the room that when someone walks in and sees it, they'll say, oh, I've never seen that before. That's, that's so cool. Where did you get that? Versus a, a shade that you might have seen a million times. Speaking of shades, can you tell me about Barbara, the paint oh, color? Oh, yeah. You did your research. 
<laughs> Barbara has become like a thing on Instagram and we love it. So the evolution of Barbara, we had been looking for a beige, grayish, gray for our cabinets for a very long time. We wanted to get it right because it also had to continue onto our trim work and through our hallways. So we wanted to pick the right color. And so we initially decided and landed on Accessible Beige by Sherman Williams. The cabinet company then had to recreate that. They sent us a sample and it didn't match perfectly, which they let us know might happen, but we loved the color even more. We found after painting Accessible Beige on some trim work that it had a little bit of pink in it. And Barbara, the sample door didn't have pink in it. So we got that matched at Sherman Williams and then became Barbara. We got the code for it and shared the code. And now people are redoing like full kitchens and Barbara people send us really? photos. It's wild. And I just don't know why Sherwin Williams hasn't reached out to us yet to add it to their <laughs> color catalog because it feels correct. Great question. Yeah. I love that. Barbara <laughs> yeah. has a fan base of her own. She does. Is there a DIY project you would recommend to beginners or people who consider themselves not so DIY inclined? Something that's relatively easy? Yeah. Our first project was upholstering a coffee table and making it an ottoman. Something that is not going to like destroy your home. Find a cool piece of furniture that needs some restoration. You know, sand it. Try some paint on it. Just like things that have really, they're affordable and, you know, are not high stakes. Yeah. And from there, I think not only your skill set snowball, but also your confidence in doing projects can snowball. We accredit that Ottoman a lot to just building what we've built and acquiring the skill sets that we have. Are there any personal touches that can automatically make a space feel more welcoming? Hmm. I think an obvious one is art, of course. Not only like finding something at a store and putting it up, but taking your time and finding artists that you love, young artists, new artists that you can buy affordable pieces from and use them. And people will be asking questions about them. You can find spaces to customize around those pieces of art. And it's, you're supporting smaller artists. Yeah, it's very much an assumption that art has to be very expensive. But there are so many talented people out there who are creating and are so accessible now with like Instagram and TikTok that you can find them, support them as young artists and have very, very cool pieces you just can't find anywhere else. Yeah, have a custom piece of art that's not what you bought at the store. What is your favorite room in your home and why? I think my favorite room in the house is probably the parlor. Not only for what it became and the final design of it, but the process took many, many years. We picked the color at the very beginning of buying this home, but then the color just kind of evolved into this greater design of this very studious, masculine, moody room that we love to entertain in. And it's right in the entrance of our home and it kind of exemplifies, I think, what a, a parlor was. It really did take years. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> joked in a comment, so what did you paint one wall a year? <laughs> like, what took you so long? Steven does renderings, a lot of our spaces. And I think it was the first time mm. that the rendering matched what we created in real life. Mm. So we look back to those photographs, those original images he created, and we're like, this is the same space. And it was so cool to see the power of doing that work ahead of time and seeing it come to life. And the fact that we were actually able to make it happen was just yeah. like completely unreal to me. And now it happens and it's like, oh, 
just making his renderings again. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have a favorite room in your home? Yes. I also love the parlor. But during our suite project, we did our bathroom over and the shower was like such a big undertaking. And we also did it as part of a challenge. So we had a limited amount of time. But we did that room and it just came together in every way that I wanted it to. And it kind of surpassed my expectations around what we could do. Mm -hmm. We upped our skill sets like crazy in that project. And I kind of joke, but it's not really a joke that I'm more proud of that shower than I am of my masters. I just love that room and I get to use it every single day. I never use my masters. It was a very expensive, but it was still less expensive than my masters. It's just like the best for me. Speaking of the cost of renovation, I have a theory about home reno math, but it always costs at least twice as much as you think and takes at least twice as long as you think. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I would say that's pretty accurate. Can you describe each other's aesthetic or design style? That's hard. Steven, our styles are so close, it's hard yeah, to describe hard to the say. difference. But his thing when we look at stuff are those. It's like light and... Is that accurate? I don't know how to put it to <laughs> words, really. Yeah. I don't even know if I have a good answer for it. It's, it is hard because we've kind of melded together into one, for better or for worse. I'll say maybe what I think you're leaning towards nowadays is spaces that have resilient materials and don't take a lot of maintenance in the best way possible, like concrete floors that you can make really, really beautiful, heavy timber spaces that you can see the strength of the design in them. We actually have been really growing on um, Cape Cod style because we go to P-Town a lot, Provincetown, Mass. Mm -hmm. And that style of home, the shaker and just like mm. easy living is so exciting given that we're in this coastal grandmother. Shake. I still don't know. I'm not commenting. No comment. <laughs> um, no comment. <laughs> well, I think part of that comes from being in a Victorian. We've now made like such meticulous spaces that high finish. Yeah. Or high finish. Everything's painted. We want something that's like low maintenance, but also not precious. Right. I want to like kick my shoes off and not worry about the water stain on the table. Right. What is the first thing you notice when you enter someone else's home? The molding. Definitely the millwork. Yeah. 100%. Interesting. Interesting yeah. answer. I ask a lot of people that and I don't think I've ever gotten that answer. I feel like for me, the molding sets the tone for everything else you put in the room. Mm -hmm. So when somebody has like really nice stuff, but really bad trim, it like stands out to me. And that might just be because we've been doing it for like five years. Yeah, because I think you're right. I think at least it's been our approach that and maybe it's because we had to start from gutted spaces, but we have to think about the rooms architecturally before we can think about it in the soft finishes. So it's the millwork, how the space is framed. So I think that's what at least our eye goes to first. That's probably the flip we made too in this process. We thought so much about what is the right trim? How do we do our cased openings? That we had designed so much of the architecture of our home before we were like, what pillows do you purchase? Mm -hmm. And now we're getting better at doing both together, which is definitely a different skill set. What do you think people should know before undergoing a home reno? Nothing. No, nothing. That's like my superpower is if I don't know anything about it, then I feel like I can figure it out. Sometimes knowing stuff is really scary because you're afraid to start. Maybe that's the opposite of the answer that you wanted. No, I would say the same thing. Yeah, I think less is more. 
I think that's a very fair answer. Yeah, why not? And if you could give new homeowners one piece of advice, what would it be? So to continue off of that, I think the piece of advice to tag onto that is don't be afraid to try new things. I think a lot of people are paralyzed by, I don't know how to tile a shower or even a backsplash. So they just don't do it and hire it out. And if that's your prerogative, go for it. But I think you should try because it will build that skill set. It will at least let you know that you can't do it and you want to have someone else do it. Or it will be something that you love and will make you want to DIY more stuff. I feel like knowing your systems, if you don't care about a project at all, just go look at your furnace. Mm. Take 10 seconds or find out where your water shutoff is or find out like which electrical switches turn off what in your home because those can really save you. If it's in the middle of winter and something goes wrong, you might have some familiarity of even you know what you might need help with. Or right if you need to, to turn the water off very quickly, you'll know where it is. You're not looking for it later. It's astonishing how many people have like no idea what's happening behind the basement door. That's true. Do yeah. you believe that couples that renovate together stay together or would you caution people against tackling a reno together? I mean, it's true for us, but I know a lot of people go through difficulties. And I think our biggest piece of advice is if you are renovating together and you are arguing is treat yourself like a child and go take a nap and have something to eat. Yeah, 100%. One of those two things, you're going to feel better and you'll not argue when you come back. I think it might also help when one person in the relationship is a really good singer because oh. then you're automatically endeared to them, right? <laughs> I, we know, which, we know which one that is, not me. <laughs> I love listening to you sing. It's wonderful. Yeah, All right, I'm going to wrap things up with some kind of quick fire questions. So most underrated home tip. Ooh, the power of cock. Oh my God. <laughs> C-A-U-L-K. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Important. No, really. It is it is it goes far and it's not expensive. 100%. What does home mean to you in a single feeling? Security. Yeah, there you go, security. Spacious lawn or large basement? Spacious, Spacious lawn. lawn. Super high ceilings or lots of natural light? Oh, super, super high, high ceilings because you're more likely to have natural light. I love how aligned you two are. It's amazing. <laughs> Living near loved ones or close to work? Loved Loved ones. ones. Neighbors or privacy? Privacy, which is not what we have now. (laughs) The opposite of that now. (laughs) Pom-poms or tassels? Ooh, tassels. Wow, I love that. And my very favorite, bowls or plates? Oh, you're definitely plates. Oh, I'm a bowl. Oh, wow. We're going to fight after this. Wait, you think I'm a plate? (laughs) Yeah, you're a plate. What are you? A bowl. I'm a bowl, but like a wide bowl. Like one that you eat eat pasta out of. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you both so much for joining us today. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, David and Stephen. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you, Melanie. It's been a pleasure. It really has been fun. You've been listening to The Better Buy from Better Homes and Gardens. Be sure to follow The Better Buy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. We'd love your feedback, so please rate this podcast and leave us a review. You can also find us online at bhg.com slash thebetterbuypodcast. And make sure you come back next Wednesday for more. See you then!